30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And this is your hour, Arizona homeowners, the 9 o'clock hour, hour number three of the weekly Rosie on the House radio broadcast, where we throw the phone lines, text messages, internet machines, emails open to whatever question you have about your home, castle, or cabin, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Today, our call screener is Julia. She hasn't been with us for a while since she abandoned us to for Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> but back in town right, for the holidays. now you're sounding like Dad. Knock back, it off. Back in town for the holidays. She's call screening. Uh, Gary D's behind the mic as well, pushing all the buttons and making everything happen. And we'll take your call, one 767 4348 Text is 411-923. Email info at com. That's a great way to snap a picture and send it in if you need a little bit of help with your project uh, and identifying maybe the right tools or explain, explaining what it is you're trying to accomplish. You can send images or short videos to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And generally, we don't backtrack, but we are. Uh, this is the one hour where all of our six affiliates are listening simultaneously. We've got a couple that haven't picked up on the seven o'clock hour yet, as it's our newest part of the broadcast. And then there's a couple that don't hang on all the way till 11 o'clock. There's a great uh, tool to getting all those. We've got our rosieonthehouse.com website. If you click on radio broadcast, you can listen to all four hours after the broadcast there. You can listen to them in individual segments, four segments per hour. Or you can get the podcast and listen to it. And the podcast has really changed radio because until then, it was a one-use channel of communication. You heard it broadcasted live, it was done. You moved on. With podcasting, we've you can repurpose that content, and we've worked to make it universal content that you could listen to it 10 years from now and know how to fix that leak, paint that uh, wall, fix that patch. So it's really repurpose the content. So we don't spend a lot of time going backwards, but we do have a couple things to catch up on. If you didn't stream the 7 o'clock hour from one of our affiliates that does broadcast it, we talked about the Fiestable being a family from Louisiana, uh, we felt it was a f- would be a fun way to kind of get y'all up to date and ready to understand what you're going to experience if you're attending the festival and things you need to know about LSU and about the Cajun culture so that you get a better idea of what's going on. There is the LSU Phoenix alumni does have a tailgate party going on at Salt Tacos and Tequila. That's a restaurant in the Westgate area. You don't have to be an alumni uh, to go participate. We had a couple of people calling to ask that. Do I need to join the Alumni Association to go? No, it's a public restaurant. It's a public meeting. Just look for all the people in purple and gold chanting, Go Tigers, and go have some fun. That is from 7.30 to 10.30. The parking lot does open up at 7 to get in early, which to us, that's only four hours before kickoff. Generally, an LSU tailgate starts four days beforehand. Uh, Something else you'll need to know is most people you'll be meeting, you're not, they will tell you their name, but it's probably not their real name. Just understand that. Nicknames. Back up. (laughs) Nicknames are a big part of the Cajun culture. Oh, yes, of course. Um, You know, it's kind of like Indians name their kids after something that's going on in real time at birth. Cajuns will 
find a tribute and nickname you with it afterwards. I've got a cousin bird because her legs are so skinny. They look like bird legs. <laughs> yeah. People couldn't even tell you her real name's uh, Tammy, but because it, it, it's it's always been bird since high school. And, and, and then before. you got the T-Bobs and the T-Roys. And, uh, T is little. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if, if you're hearing somebody T, that probably means they're a junior. Or, you know, the, there's definitely a senior, if not three or four. I'm the third. Uh, people know me as Romy. That's not what's on my birth certificate. But it's very hard for Arizona schools and people to pronounce Rosa McLeod Romero the third. So they just shorten it to Romy. Dad goes by Rosie. Uh, Grandpa went by T, uh, Papa Rosie. My son goes by Remy, but we're all Rosamond Clods. Uh, Chrome Dome, my cousin, he's as bald as the summer day is long. <laughs> and during the height of that summer, man, that that head just shines like chrome. Uh, Does he put uh, uh, head paint on him like a tiger oh, or an no. LSU? Oh, no? No, no, no. no. That's, yeah. you know, that's polished and shine. He's oh, proud of he that. he likes it. Okay. He, he sports it. He doesn't put an LSU logo for the games or anything on it just for that one day? or <laughs> no, 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 not quite his style. He loves it. Sarcasm is a big part of him, too. Bimbo, probably the smartest man in the whole family. Hmm. So if you can't call him smarty. You call him Bimbo. <laughs> Duty. I got a cousin, Andrew. A lot of people don't even know his name's Andrew. And they always wonder, why, why would somebody name their kid Duty? That's just what, what he's called. What so is, there'll be a lot of nicknames. Don't uh, don't think too hard into it. When you hear something that doesn't sound right and don't ask, just that's what they're called, known by. Roll with it. Uh, today also going on is the Fiesta Bowl Parade. Central will be closed. A lot of traffic delays, so be aware of that. It starts here in just about uh, under an hour. That I think it was the 48th Fiesta Bowl, if I remember right from what I read this week. National Livestock Shows going down on going on down at the state fairgrounds today is day three of five so after you watch the rose bowl or i'm sorry the fiesta bowl parade and go down and pick you out a sheep or a pig and have your meat for the rest of the year now for those of you that want to keep that new year's resolution uh arizona state parks has been doing this for quite a number of years but uh new year's day morning are the first hikes And uh, there are a lot of Arizona State Parks that are participating, and you can go to their website, azstateparks.com. All they say, if you want to participate and get started on a brand-new year by getting in shape, uh, just uh, bring the right shoes. Make sure you bring water. Even while it's cold outside, you can always uh, dehydrate, so uh, make sure you have water. And a camera. That's really important because you can do a 360 around Arizona on the hiking trail, and you will see a different shot. And send that picture into rosieonthehouse.com. It might be voted yeah. to be in the 2020 home maintenance calendar. Each year we publish a calendar that goes through weekly maintenance items and how-tos around your house to keep up with your largest investment most of us are going to make. But we do fun stuff. There's a photo contest and a recipe contest that we publish with the calendar as well. If you're going out to travel, the Arizona Republic's Explore Arizona section that's in Saturday's edition talks about what you're just saying. Arizona State Parks open, along with a lot of suggestions, like uh, Roger Naylor will be up in Sedona presenting. You can run up there for that. There's Slide Rock. Uh, Karshner Caverns is here on the cover. Cover. You know about the Whiskey Row boot drop. Did you know that there's a Deuce of Clubs drop as well? In Prescott? Deuce of Clubs. Uh, oh, oh, Prescott. Um, well, there's you're gonna Flagstaff. Get a, you're going to get it. Deuce of Clubs. Main Deuce Street of, oh, of this oh, town. Oh, Sholo. There you go. Sholo. Okay. Okay. Pinecone Drop and Flagstaff, are they still doing that? Don't know. Okay. Um, 
Deuce of Clubs in Sholo and Boot Drop on in Prescott. In Prescott. Today it is free at all the state parks or the New Year's Day. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. New but Year's Day. We got a whole new stack of passes that are good all year long. We'll you can just hold five for me. Continue giving out throughout the year as a little bit of listener appreciation. I'm determined to hook into a fish at De- Dead Horse State Park. I just I've had the worst luck there, but I'm determined, so I need a pass. Well, you can go uh find the trail that takes you north out of Dead Horse State Park. Uh and the first wood bridge you come to, you'll see Eagle Scout Project by Romy Romero. So, take a picture uh, while you're there for me. That could make the calendar. <laughs> Maybe so. Nine, uh, eight o'clock hour, we talked uh, desert edibles. And one of the things that was interesting, Carolyn Neathammer talked about the barrel cactus. Very interesting that the home section of today's Republic features a story about the ca- barrel cactus in Pleasant Valley, which is out towards Joshua Tree. Uh, so if, you're, if you've ever driven from Wickenburg to Las Vegas or Phoenix or anywhere to Las Vegas out of Wickenburg on 93. You've driven near this area, but it's an article on the barrel cactus and finding a specific species of them out there along this trail around Pleasant Valley. So that was very timely for our topic today and how big a barrel cactus was part of the edibles of the Indian natives for years and years. But one thing I didn't, she she was very articulate, (laughs) Very. I, when she would get from point A to point B before she would listen or engage in, in questions. And one thing I didn't get to ask her, she talked a lot about saguaro's fruits as well. I don't think you can just go out in the desert and be picking these fruits off of barrel cactuses and saguaro's. We'll have an update for that next week. Mm-hmm. But and, and there's none in bloom right now, so it's not a huge issue. Now, I don't think you can just go pick the, nat- the state flower off of saguaro cactuses right. when they're in bloom. I just remember growing up, there was a gentleman named Yul Gibbons. He was a naturalist, and he ended up being a spokesman for post-grape nuts. And, of course, comedians had a field day with him. You know, he'd say, you see this bark on a tree? Yeah, you add a little milk to it. You got cereal for the morning. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, report out this, uh, this week, too. This is not news. I, I mean, a lot of people, especially tax collectors of the state, love that Arizona's the fourth growth fastest growing state in the u.s but i hear that and i'm like ooh, oh man slow down a little bit and we've Please. got water issues all over the southwest going on but the the good news i think this about that a lot of these people that make arizona the fourth fastest growing state they're already using the same water we are because they're coming over from southern california so we're not a lot of them aren't new people that are tapping into the same water resource it's the same people just moving from California over to Arizona. And water is going to be a big topic for us in 2019 as there's a lot of things happening in legislation right now and with the drought contingency plan that and the water levels at Lake Mead and the farmers in Pinal County. I mean, everybody is focused on the water topic right now. So we'll have a lot of that coming up in 2019 that we can follow along with. It is a fascinating topic, and understanding how the laws were written at the current times and everything that led up to them, it's a very fascinating topic, and it becomes extremely important when you don't have any anymore. And one thing that uh, one of our garden hosts, Jay Harper, always says is, look, 
you know, you, you can run as much water as you can afford through, you know, whatever city municipality. But if we don't take the initiative and be responsible with the water, it's going to start being regulated for us. So the more we can do as homeowners and diligent use of our water now, the more freedom we'll have and not be forced into any kind of, you know, California type legislation on car watering days and lawn watering days. And my father-in-law who lives in uh, central California, north of Fresno, he's got a beautiful 10 acre pasture. He keeps all his horses turned out on. It's been a dirt patch for a couple years because there's no water in the canals provided by, because the water company that provides it has a limited amount and that part got cut. So we, uh, we can take responsibility and be responsible with our water. So that's going to be a big focus in, in 2019, being conservative and good stewards of our water. And along with uh, all the details and uh, <laughs> legislation that are going to revolve around it, we'll spend most of that time in our 7 o'clock hour here at Rosie on the House. If you're in the car buying mood this weekend, it's got to happen today. That's one more thing you could add to your to-do. Go to the Fiesta Bowl Parade. Go to the Arizona Livestock Show. Go over to Sanderson Ford. Get a pickup truck to go back and haul your cow home with. <laughs> because they're not open on Sunday. One of the many reasons we just love the standards and values that align with Rosie on the House and Sanderson Ford. We all need vehicles. We all got places to go, jobs to get to, kids to deliver to school or pick up from friends' houses or sporting events. We do all of ours in a Sanderson Ford, whether it's my F-150 or when it's Rodeo Weekend, the 250, or just driving around on weekends going to visit t Pear, Grandma Jenny, church. It's the expedition, and they all came from Sanderson Ford. 51st Avenue, south of Glendale at Maryland, always closed on Sunday. So you got to get there on Saturday, and the end of the year is the best time to buy a vehicle. That's actually why all three of those vehicles I mentioned we drive, their tags are all due right now. On this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, you're tuned in to Rosie on the House. Hey, Realms, can I interrupt you for a minute? No. Darn okay. it. Okay. <laughs> hey. Too late. <laughs> I had a couple calls over the break that didn't want to go on the air. One was someone asking for the address to the reform. Perhaps the tailgate party? I think that's the only thing I mentioned. I didn't mention anything about a reform. I don't have anything in my notes either about There's it. the tailgate party for the LSU fans at hosted by the LSU alumni of Phoenix at Salt Tacos and Tequila mm-hmm. in the Westgate area. Sounds like a good time. And then how about uh, for a homeowner with a vacant home, do you think she needs to have her heater on right now? Mm, nah. No, in the summertime, we do advise people to keep your air conditioning on about 85. You could push it to 90 if you really wanted, because on the inside of the home, that heat and that temperature, if you've got artwork, if you've got wood furniture, if you've got valuable possessions, you don't want the inside of that home cooking. Uh, It'll bring down the life of your paint. There's a lot of things we do in our daily lives that add a lot of moisture content to our homes, showers. Laundry, uh, 
kitchen dishwasher. So if it's vacant for the summer, we tell people to fill up a five-gallon bucket of water and put one in each room so that the evaporation still has that moisture content in the home. One of the biggest water factors that we fight in the desert are the extremes. Where we've, on the outside of our home, our roof may be dry and not see a drop of rain for 100 days, then you get this huge influx of monsoon rains and that contrast creates a lot of problems. Same thing can happen on the inside. If we've living in our home regularly and using it, all that moisture content, things expand, contract, expand, contract, expand. If you let it get really dry out, then you move back in and you start using all these water appliances again and all these things start expanding. It just starts breaking down the materials in our home. If you were in the higher country and you had depending on how long you were gone for, maybe you're using a winter home as a cabin, I would absolutely keep a little bit of heat going because your water heater, you don't want the inside of your cabin to freeze um, or and your pipes to freeze. There's a If it's not completely winterized to be locked up and left and you're going back to it on a weekend basis, I would absolutely keep the heat going. Now, would you? Is it wise if you're going to be in a freeze situation below 32 or even lower, uh, and the house is vacant? Uh, would you drain the pipes and then shut off the water, so you would definitely wouldn't have any problems with the pipes breaking or freezing because there's no water in them? Is that wise, or do you just leave water, the water on, and just not worry about it? It's hard to drain your water lines. Completely. If you turned mm-hmm. off the water at the entry point entry of the house mm-hmm. and you went to your kitchen sink and turned it on, nothing would come out because there's no pressure pushing through that shutoff valve. But it'd still be but water. But all the water is still full in all those lines. Yeah. There's no drain plug for your water lines in your home That unless somebody engineered something custom after the fact. So you could drain your water heater, but the actual water lines in your home, you would have to somehow cut open a, a low point to bleed it out okay. and I, I wouldn't I, advise that I, i've done this only a couple of times but i do have a suggestion uh, i tell everyone you know if you buy a new house or you have an old house one thing you should get is a six horsepower 10 gallon shop vac you can use that for anything not necessarily indoors and outdoors but i had to replace some shutoff valves and um i used the shop vac to suck the water out it worked I mean, there was nothing in the, there was only a few drops of water here and there, but. Um, Our shop vac for, saved us last week when the water heater burst at dad's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised how quickly it gets cleaned up. You got to have one of those. Mm-hmm. Got to have a shop vac if you've got water pressure lines in your home. And we'll be talking next break with Linda Stanfield of Stampede Plumbing. Phoenix, we haven't quite got to those freezing temperatures yet, but a lot of the listening area, uh, the state, Tucson, they're getting closer to that. If we do tip below that 32, frozen pipes can happen if you wake up one morning and turn on your water and nothing is coming out. There's a good chance you've got a frozen pipe and there's a good chance that's burst the copper line in your home. And if you end up leaving, this never happens on the weekend when you're home. If you do that... uh, and you leave the home, as that water line thaws out, the water will start rushing while you're gone until you get back or somebody notices there's this 
buildup of water pooling at your home or in your yard. So we'll talk about protecting your pipes from freezing. Should we drop below that critical 32 in the desert? It happens about every 10 years and always catches us off guard because we get used to not having any freezes. And when they happen, everybody's in a panic. Well, we're going to try and help you not get to that panic stage by being prepared for the freeze. Welcome back to Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years. It is the 9.32 break, the third segment and the third hour of our weekly radio broadcast. And this is where we cover our weekly home maintenance how-to. And the point of this segment is to cover one specific maintenance item for your home every week so that we don't end up with these long honey-do lists or things getting out of hand or out of control. And just those little points and, and touches every single week on our home to keep us connected to home ownership and protecting the most valuable asset in most of our personal portfolios, which is our home. And it doesn't happen very often. Maybe an eight to 10 year cycle, we get a, a hard freeze from old man winter and we end up with busted pipes everywhere. And to talk about how to protect your home and your water lines that aren't built to withstand frost and hard freezes because of how rare they happen is Linda Stanfield with Stampede Plumbing, a Rosie on the House certified partner for over 10 years. And Linda, you can speak to this better than I can, but the last year, I'm guessing it was around 09, we had busted pipes and attics kept y'all busy for how many months? A long time. We actually, yes. We, we couldn't stop running our trucks. It was 24 hours a day that we were out there helping people from water leaking through their ceiling, leaking on the outside. It was just really a bad deal. I really want homeowners to enjoy the cool weather and not have any emergencies. And it's just those those deep freeze nights where you get two or three hours under 32 degrees. Uh, you know, we've had it where, ah, 32 degrees, ah, 31, ah, 30, eh. You know, yeah. if it's an hour or two, that's not enough time. But you get four or five hours below about that 29-degree mark, you're looking at an average ticket cost depending on how much water damage happened. I mean, you're in the thousands of dollars here. It could be. It could be. And, again, it depends on how much water damage because if we can catch it quickly before it starts thawing and repair it, you might be able to get away with just the repair cost. So let's before we get into the maintenance side of or the preventative maintenance side, let's talk about recognizing that you do have a water leak because when it's frozen and you turn on the faucet, water is not going to be running. That's right. There's no water. It's all frozen in the pipe. And somebody moving too quick in the morning may not stop to think about the consequences of that. That means there's a broken water line somewhere in your home. And what's going to happen when it thaws out is the water is going to start running again. And if you're not home till six or seven o'clock tonight after work, we could have a quite a mess on our hands. Yeah, the water will just continue to run. There's nothing there to stop it. The reason that it does break the water line is because the water line is kind of like a pop bottle. If you were to put a pop bottle in the freezer and as it freezes, it expands. So the piping, the copper pipe will expand and get a crack in it. And that water, while it's frozen, isn't going to go anywhere. But as soon as uh, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning starts coming and we hit, you know, 50, 60 degrees and water starts thawing out is where we're going to get the damage. So if somebody wakes up one cold morning, no water, uh, what's the first thing they need to do? 
the best thing that they can do is go and get their main shut off and turn that off. So that will prevent water from continuing to go inside the home in the lines. You'll still have water in the lines in the home when it thaws out, but it will it will prevent more water from going in. And that should be at the front of the home, everywhere their main hose bib on the front of their home exists. That's right. That's right. You're going to have two different types of valves, more than likely, to choose from uh, that homeowners are going to see. Yes, one's going to be a round valve, and it'll be a circle, uh, the older type called the gate valve. And then there's another one that's just a straight handle, and uh, that is the newer type, and those are called the ball valve. But either one will be next to your main shutoff. And I, I really like the newer ones, the ball valves, because the old gate valves are more prone to failure. And there is a chance that you could turn that completely off and it still not shut the water completely off. That's right. And then that really gets dangerous. We always recommend to every homeowner the best maintenance of any plumbing system is to always make sure that your main shutoff is in working order. Now, that's the most likely spot we're going to see a lot of leaks um, just because it's exposed to the exterior, uh, especially on homes facing north where the microclimates are going to be a couple degrees colder than homes that are facing south. What can we do to protect those pipes from freezing to begin with? Yes, that's really great. When the news starts talking about freezing temperatures overnight, and starts talking about you know covering your fruit trees, that's really the time also to start thinking about your exposed pipes. So it could be near the sprinkler system. It could be the main shutoff there. Any pipe that's maybe going along the side of the house, uh, anything that you can do to cover them. There is a uh, professional-grade plumbing insulation foam that people can get at professional supply houses. Uh, And it's very, very easy. You cut it to the length that you want. You open it up, and it wraps around it, and then you can use plumbing tape and tape it up, and it really keeps that pipe warm. If people aren't able to go and get that or do that, uh, a nice blanket or a towel, something that they can wrap around really tight. What we really want to get out of this is to warm those, keep those pipes warm. Don't allow that uh, extra cold weather to attack that pipe. We want to keep them warm overnight. And everybody should also know where the shutoff valve is to their city. A lot of city municipalities don't like you touching them or or have them so you can't. But if you know where your city meter is, there is another option for a shutoff valve. There is an additional fail-safe, but as long as you've got an operating shutoff valve at your home, uh, you'll be in good condition. One thing that we've talked about, and I know it's kind of got mixed feedback, but there's an old farmer's trick on just cracking the hose bib furthest away from the front entry point so that there's water constantly running through your water lines. That's right. Running water prevents freezing water. That's right. And, you know, if some houses don't have, like, they don't feel like they have a farthest hose bib in the back from where the main is in the front, um, sometimes they can go to the farthest uh, bathroom sink and just open that cold line. And, you know, just let that really small trickle go down, but it's enough to keep water moving through the pipe. That's the most important thing. We want water moving to avoid that constant freeze, like in a pop bottle that you would put in the freezer. And where we'll warn you to be careful for this is if you do the hose method on the exterior, it takes a little bit of 
additional thought because if you're letting water run right at the base of your foundation on a night we're expecting it to freeze, all that moisture getting into your concrete and and later freezing, that really starts wearing down your foundation. So if there's a hose attached to it, you're going to have to turn the water on a little bit more so that the water's not freezing as it goes through the hose or putting some kind of shedding device to get all that water at least uh, two feet away from the foundation of your home. Right. And if somebody does listen to this and forgets or doesn't have time or runs out and wakes up with a water break, they can find Linda of Stampede Plumbing at rosieonthehouse.com. Or Linda, your direct line? It's 480-812-1855. You can take that weekly home maintenance how-to and schedule that into your Rosie on the House Home Zada app. It'll help remind you to stay on top of that before the frost comes. Well, Linda, unless you had anything else, that's uh, that wraps up the segment. No, that's great. I really want homeowners to enjoy the cool weather and not have any emergencies. Hasn't quite hit Maricopa yet. Maybe some areas in the low-lying around the Gila River, maybe out in Rainbow Valley in the ag department. Uh, Ag fields might be a little cooler than most of us, but there is a beautiful picture of Finger Rock in the Catalina Mountains, Valley and State picture from Tucson. It's all dusted in snow so definitely hitting pinal county on those freezing temperatures and you can find local plumbers in the tucson area at rosieonthehouse.com when you select choose a certified partner it'll ask you to put in your state i'm sorry your city or your zip code and then select the category you're looking for and it'll come up uh, geolocation we'll show you which one of our contractors are closest to you our goal is to eventually build this so that there's a choice of three within any of any given trade within a three-mile radius. So we've got a lot to do to complete that mission to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it's a slow process. It takes a long time to certify somebody. They have to be in business for five years. There's a gentleman I talked to, you know, we may be making certain exceptions to that when the home energy audit industry came along. It took the guesswork out of what can I do to improve the energy efficiency of my home to a roadmap of here's your weakest point, your next weakest point, and it lets you spend your money more wisely instead of throwing money at insulation that may not have been your problem or windows that may not have been your problem. These energy audits help identify it. Well, we didn't wait five years because how much money we could help save Arizona homeowners by getting an energy audit, we could see that value. So we had to change our screening process a little bit to bring on energy auditors. Uh, But there's a gentleman in Sedona who claims he is going to market with something he's patented that you put onto your home if you're in a high risk for burn area that will keep it from burning down. Or if you're in the floodplain, that will keep it from flooding. He was very vague with the details. Um, He says it's ready now. He listens to the program. He's in Sedona. So we're going to go see this if – you know, we want to see some proven track record with I'd the like history. I'd like to see it. But yeah, if you that, had a cabin yeah. in Arizona and we didn't tell you this and you had a happy jack situation where there was a fire came mm-hmm. through and it burned down your home, would we be every Arizona homeowner's best friend holding out on this technology because we were waiting for a magic five years? Yeah. I, I don't think we would do that to our homeowners. So we're anxious to test that product. We'll, we're not going to try and burn down anyone's home. But <laughs> That's not the point. That's not the point. We'll find a different way to yeah. test the product. The only thing you need fire for right now is wood for the fireplace because it is pretty chilly. Um, 
You know, we were talking about this just before we went on the air. Um, ABC 15 had posted on Facebook that the overnight low at Snow Bowl, north of Flagstaff, where they've got a few inches of snow and they make snow and all that. The overnight low, zero. Woo! Woo. So, uh, I've fortunately, after two tries, was able to hike up to Humphreys Peak, which is the highest point in Arizona at 12,600 feet. And the trailhead starts at Snow Bowl. Uh, well, you want to do it during the spring when there's no snow. Uh, and that's 9,200 feet. So we were trying to figure out what the temperature is. If it's at zero at Snow Bowl, Humphreys Peak has got to be minus. You're up at 14,000 feet there. So you get up there and you let me know. Okay. I'll watch I'll my you know. cell. If you Call don't, me tomorrow when you get there. If you don't see me or hear from me, <laughs> it'll be minus double digits something, that at least. Ooh. What's and, that? What's that Blake Media silly movie where he climbed to the top of Mount Everest at 70 or 80 years old and you, know, you see him getting helicoptered off later, frozen stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, we have That's tickets that. to give away, and Lance, our... Uh, <laughs> Our team member at Rosie on the House. He's Mr. Do-It-All. Well, he's he's Mr. Sportsnut, too. He put a trivia and didn't give me the answer. So I've got to look this up. But I was supposed to do this in the second segment. I completely blew past it. Yeah. It's only been since our uh, flagship station, KTAR, started the sports station, I don't know, four or five years ago, that they've started flooding us with tickets to give away. And, you know, for the first 25 years of this program tickets and giveaways weren't part of it so it's something mm-hmm. i still haven't gotten used to after four years and i completely blew past that segment but i have asu versus colorado basketball men's basketball tickets for saturday january 5th the question in the trivia if you know the answer text it to 411-923 and we'll select uh, all the right answers uh, and then we'll just randomly pick a number out of those uh Here's the trivia question. Considered one of the greatest road wins in ASU Sun Devil history, which top three team did the Sun Devils beat during the 2017 season? I'm just going to guess U of A. I have no idea what the answer is. I know. You, you do know? Don't say I, it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but but, but we, we, you do know the answer uh, anyway. It, it, I don't know if this is a broad hint, but here it is. It happened again. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, that's that's as vague as I'm going to be. I'll so let you figure it out. you know the answer, yeah. and you can go to January 5th basketball game, and this comes with a parking pass. Oh, good. Text the answer to 411923. Who did the Sun Devils beat last year on a road trip that was a top three ranked team? And this is a hot college team, so you definitely want to go to the game. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. We will keep that trivia going to the end of this programming segment just because that was at the very end. Uh, it was not U of A. I was wrong. A couple people texted that. So if that was you that texted U of A, you've got this break to uh, do that research and figure it out. It was not Oregon. That was another uh, guest that came in. Oh, nor was it USC. Or LSU. Or LSU. <laughs> I don't know LSU's basketball has ever been in the top. The baseball is probably there more than any other baseball, program. Yeah, serious baseball at yeah, LSU. It'll be a very- 
So, all right, we've got uh, that's Julia's voice you heard in the background screening the calls at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. You can text to four one one nine two three when we're not running trivia. You know, the reason we do the text on the trivia is because it doesn't chew up the phone lines for people that want to get on air. Some people fuss at us. I don't text, and I'm like, well, I guess you could call in and give your answer, and we'll put it in the hat. You could call one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. But we try and do it on text to keep the phone lines open for people that want to join the program. And you can also uh, email us info at rosieonthehouse dot com if you have uh, a question or you need a little bit of aid from visual snapping a picture, shooting a photo. You can send that to info at rosieonthehouse dot com. We monitor those there. People that call in to join the conversation, like Jack from Tucson, who just called in to tell us about mountaintemperature.com, where he found out that Humphreys is at negative one right now with a wind chill of negative 24. I was close. <laughs> I still want to send Gary. <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jack was trying to save Gary a little bit for us. He's going. We're, you, you talk about how much you like to hike. Let's see it. So negative 24. Let's see. With okay, I still you. have my New Orleans Saints starter jacket. That's one layer. Uh, uh, my <laughs> kayaking equipment, that's two. I don't know how many layers I would need. Seven, and I'd probably be walking up like the kid from A Christmas Story when his, when his mom put all those coats on him, and I'd be, oh, that'd be really tough to get up there now. You'd have to get one of those like wind kites and put skis on and just let yeah. the draft up the mountain carry you. You know, that's an interesting thought. I could. I wonder if I can snowshoe up there. If there's enough base, I can just kind of, Go off to the side of the ski slope and try to get up to at least get to the saddle. But negative 24, that's a lot of gumbo you got to eat to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could bring your gumbo. We'll get you, you could put that in a thermos, you know, like a water thermos. Just put your gumbo in there. We have the 10 o'clock hour coming up, and we're going to talk about the top five. Uh, top Each week we publish a blog article that happens to focus on what our topic of the 10 o'clock hour is, which is always one specific area of the home. In January, we're going to talk about do-it-yourself projects you can tackle in a weekend around your home. February goes into plumbing month. We'll spend a Saturday in the 10 o'clock hour talking about water heaters. We'll spend a Saturday talking about your plumbing lines and what you need to know about maintaining the water as well as the drainage and how the drainage and the vent systems work and how a lot of times aromas can happen. We deal with water hammers and water pressures. That'll be a Saturday. We'll talk, I'm sure, a Saturday about treating your water. Uh, and then uh, water's a big topic. We mentioned earlier this hour, spend an hour talking about what happens to your water before it's delivered to your home. That'll be February, and we'll just continue on our monthly topics. Well, this fifth Saturday of the month, wrapping up 2018, we'll talk about the five most popular topics that we covered in 2018 as well as taking your calls at one 767 that's one rosie for you julia's busy back there talking about taking those calls and screening them we'll get them lined up to start the 10 o'clock hour and we'll have an update on rosie he had a big week he's walking he's talking it's a blessing a miracle if you hadn't heard he was in a rollover and what they call a utv it's if you picture a four-wheel ATV quad, you know, this is – that's a single passenger. This is actually – UTV is a two- or four-passenger, and he was in the back seat of a four-passenger UTV that was in a rollover near 
Four Peaks. Four Peaks. They yeah. were driving from a parking lot off the turnoff down into Saguaro Lake. There's a number of washes and tributaries that you can get in and just cruise all day long and you end up down at Saguaro Lake at a beach area under these beautiful, mature uh, cottonwood and mesquite trees. And they've got picnic tables. They go down there, have a little lunch, drive back. It's one of the ways we showcase Arizona to visiting guests, and he had some clients in from out of town he was taking um, and has been through a very hard road. We Jennifer has a caringbridge.org, and if you type in Rosie's Recovery, you can go see all her journal entries there. And the good news is, I mean, he's, he has been in the fight of his life for his life, and he is winning, and in a big way this week. He's, he's like I've said, he's up walking and talking, and we look forward to having him back on the air soon. So we'll cover a little bit more about uh, Rosie's big week here at Rosie on the House.